0: This is July 14th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Stefan Maronofsky, and ladies and gentlemen, the Bruins are back. The Bruins are back. Phase 3 is fully underway. Uh, started yesterday, Monday, uh, training camp. Cassidy, Bergeron, Krug spoke to the media after. Felt like somewhat of a real practice. I mean, only a f- few reporters were there. Uh, you probably saw the videos on Twitter. Obviously, nothing too intense first day. Nothing's ever too intense on the first day. But it's back. It's back. And what's so great is uh, on today's episode, I had Mike Petralia. And we previewed training camp. We went through lineup questions. We went through questions for certain players. Uh, stuff that I have been dying to talk about. Hockey-related stuff, not super heavy on COVID. So if you're sick of talking about COVID, this is the podcast for you. Um, I want to urge one thing out of every listener, of everybody listening to this, um, and there's a lot of you, which is great. The best segment of this came at the end. It came at the end. I don't know why I didn't lead off with this. I don't know why this didn't come to me until uh, like the 30th minute. But it came and it was hysterical, and it is the best segment, maybe in this show's history, Pro- actually probably in the show 's history, the best, the best. and it came at the end, which most people probably check out at the end. I promise it will be worth your while to stay the full show. I promise, and if I 'm wrong, you can you can make fun of me. you can you can punch me, you can do whatever you want to me, but I promise. It is worth your while to stay until the end. That is all I'm going to say. Uh, before we get into that, there's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. Sports are slowly making its way back with UFC, NASCAR, and soccer leading the way. Bet Online has all the best odds and lines for the upcoming matches this weekend. Need more? Bet Online has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day. Live for you to check out. Looking for something else other than sports? Bet Online has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props in the business. The biz NAS. Visit betonline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today. That promo code, by the way, is CLNS50. Again, visit betonline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So without further ado, and I'm very excited about this episode, here is my conversation with Mike Petralia. <laughs> And we're here with Mike Petralia. Trags, what is up?
1: How you doing, Evan? You staying sane?
0: Oh, I'm. well, what's great is I have kind of been staying sane, I guess, so to speak. Uh, but today, Monday, when we record this, is the first day of Bruins Camp. Yes. Bruins Phase 3 Training Camp, which we're recording this at 9 a.m. It has not happened yet. Um, I think it's supposed to happen at 10. Only a few reporters are going to go. Uh, they, I think they sit – on the, uh, the 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 deck above the ice and watch. Um, right. at, there's no contact. We will talk to the players on Zoom. I think it's Cassidy Bergeron and Krug uh, today. So things are kind of coming back to normal, which is fun. Which and make by the way makes this podcast and our coverage three hundred times better. It makes it more fun. relevant too. Yes, and it makes it more. F- and this is why I don't want to. So we're gonna preview training camp today. Now. I don't want to spend this time going over COVID protocols because we've done that for weeks. We've talked okay. about that for weeks. Uh, it's been discussed everywhere. I want to talk about hockey and the team itself. I want to almost pretend that COVID doesn't exist. Now, we'll make some jokes about them social distancing on the ice. Does Brad Marchand accidentally drink from the wrong water bottle? You know, does Chris Wagner, you know, bump into somebody and come within six feet off the ice? Uh, who knows? But there's so much with this lineup. Uh, and with this team that needs to be discussed. So, and by the way, you've been back at Fenway a bunch. So that must feel kind of normal at some form of It that. does.
1: And I'll tell you, Evan, what feels normal about it is to see these players in their normal in, uh, environment playing the game. That will not be the case, obviously, with the NHL playing in Toronto in bubbles in Toronto and Edmonton. But um, just to see players back in their – uh, own ballpark, uh, playing the games. As it turns out, they'll be traveling, playing in their own stadiums. I think that's an advantage for baseball, and I'm curious to see, uh, even though the Bruins and, and Bruce Cassidy pointed this out last week, they're very familiar with Toronto, right? I mean, and they've had success there playing in the playoffs uh, in Toronto, and so that is uh, it's going to feel sort of like a home away from home in that they know the building, uh, but it's certainly not, they won't have the ability to go home and sleep in their own beds at night and, and stuff like that. So, uh, it'll be curious to me how these players, uh, acclimate to, uh, Toronto. So for now,
0: they're in Boston and they will be there until the end of, uh, they'll be there till July 26th. Uh, and they will, they, they pretty much, they're, they're encouraged not to go out, but we know that that's probably not going to happen. I do wonder how many Bruins sightings in public that we that we hear of or see. Um, I don't think so, they're look,
1: I, not to cut you off, Evan, but they're not going to go out to bars. I mean, even they – No, God, that. no. And that's, I think, what the team is saying. Don't go out and party. Um, but if you want to go out and grab a social distance dinner, I, I don't think the team is averse to that with the players staying within – I know you didn't want to talk about this, but COVID protocols, right? I mean, I think that's what the team is asking the players to do. Be reasonable. If you want to go out uh, and you do so in a responsible manner, that's fine. Just don't go out and party. Got to remember
0: that mental health aspect of things and doing, going out and doing some things that keep you sane, like going to restaurants and stuff like that. Uh, so to, to hockey. My biggest question, and I think this is going to be the biggest driving uh question throughout all of camp. It 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 supersedes the lineups, it supersedes uh who gets hot and who doesn't. Do all players return to being fully conditioned? Bruce Cassidy mentioned a few weeks ago uh that, you know, a Providence player could step in if someone on the team isn't to fully, you know, isn't fully conditioned, isn't back to where they were. I mean, it's hard to expect these players after 4 months of no skating to just magically go back to where they were in March. But I think it's realistic to say, we want you in almost that condition. I do wonder, though, if there's anybody who really does struggle to sort of get I the think feedback
1: right, under them. Uh, Evan, I don't think that's going to be an issue. I mean, not, none of these guys use the three or four months off to get fat. I mean and to you know, abuse their body it, it, it's not like baseball or football in the old days where guy or even basketball where uh guys would you know go out in the off season uh, and not take care of themselves that's not what these athletes today are they're going to bounce back very quickly physically uh they're elite they were elite athletes before the pause. I think most of them took uh, the normal precaution um, to Uh, Stay in shape and not uh, put on too much weight, uh, added fat, that is, um, uh, during the pause. And I think they're going to be fine. And when you're an elite athlete and you get back to skating uh, like hockey players do, um, I think the conditioning comes back very quickly. Yeah, it's hard to represent, it's hard to
0: resemble skating off the
1: ice though, so it will take Absolutely. a little bit
0: of time to get to skating shape, because that is a completely different thing from like running shape or anything. The other thing is, by the way, you want to talk about a fat athlete, Pablo Sandoval. I mean, I know it's not hockey, it's not Bruins, but Jesus Christ, dude. I mean, and then you have the reporter from, the, who tweeted the picture, you know, saying, you know, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be making fun of him, we shouldn't be this and that.
1: He's making millions and he's, Even even Pablo, I think, would make fun of himself. Like, yeah, Yeah. I I probably didn't take care of myself. I mean, you know, you show up in in a, a, for what is all intents and purposes, a public place where other, you know, reporters can see you, other teammates can see you, coaches who evaluate can see you, and you show up in that kind of shape. It's just kind of a a signal that the guy has a, a disorder. I mean, that's what it is. It's a disorder. I mean, it's your job to show up in shape. And that's what, that was my point about all of the hockey players. He's all of the Bruins, as far as I can see, um, took every time they were on zoom calls, took time to point out that they're doing whatever they can to stay physically in shape, uh, on their own. And that is just, just the mentality of taking that approach is really all any You know, staffer, coach, GM wants to see out of their players. Are Is it front of their mind that they know they still have an obligation to the team once the pause is over? And, you know, you see a guy like Pablo Sandoval and you you shake your head and go, he's got a problem, he's got a disorder. But with the Bruins, I don't think there's going to be any such issues. I think, as we said, I think these players will be back in shape ready to go.
0: Yeah and 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 they don't again it's not a sport like baseball where you can have that extra weight um so the the, the one guy on the bruins who I look at and say it all comes down to how this player returns uh so to speak it's too Rask. i mean you know he's the guy that That's historically fair. historically has tended to start slow but historically and this is well documented is much better with rest and this guy just had 4 months of rest uh, it basically mid season. You also think back to when he was talking to us. I think in May, where he said that you know the way last season blended into this season felt like there was no off season, and this felt to him like his actual off season. He was taking time away from hockey, all that stuff. My thing is, I think he comes back and he's great, and that's not just because I'm a, a pro ras guy. I think it's realistic to think that's what's going to happen because this guy does great off rest. He he, you know, he hadn't started many games this year, anyways. At least to his previous workload. Uh, and then even going back after four months of rest, I have a hard time believing that it's going to take Tuca a while to get going again when he's, you know, so well rested.
1: I agree with you. I think I'm not concerned about the rest with Tuca. I am concerned a little bit about timing and how he has started seasons uh, in the past. And that's really what you're looking at here. Is his timing going to be on point? If his timing's on point and you combine that with the fact that he's well-rested physically, um, you're going to see a pretty exceptional Tuukka Rask. I don't think there's any question about that. And that is great news for the Bruins. I think, you know, Tuukka Rask knows how to handle any playoff situation. And even though there won't be fans in the building, I think he's going to gear himself up. I think he knows himself mentally. Um, I think he's very in tune with himself psychologically. So I think he'll be fine for this.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's also a goalie who's very, in some ways, nonchalant. He's not super mental. He's not crazy, so to speak, in that, you know, he, you know, he's very, he he rebounds back from stuff quickly. I mean, there are times he doesn't even remember certain goals from games, like whatever. So I think he's going to be fine. I I don't think he's ever going to be an issue. Um, again, when he become if he becomes an issue, you guys can pull this audio and make fun of me for it. But, um, based off of history, I I don't think there's, uh, any reason except for, you know, what if he started slow? But I think having all this training camp, having the three-round robin games, which isn't technically playoffs, it's more for seeding-wise per right. se, right. I think that that will be a good enough. And they also have, if I remember the schedule correctly, they have some exhibition games uh, prior. So you have all that uh, to get him ready for that first round. So I think he will be fine. Now for the biggest lineup question. And I think mm-hmm. this is the biggest because okay. it's the biggest player who has the lineup question around them. Um, Jake DeBrusque. Now, Jake DeBrusque has historically in his career been, uh, David Craigie's left winger. However, he ended the season with one point in 14 games. And, and there are people calling for him to make $6 million a year, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, and his agent, Joe Haggerty, whatever, whatever, whatever. Point is, and by the way, I wrote a nice story on why that's not the case, it why it shouldn't be the case on CLSmedia.com. Uh, but. And by the way, I don't have anything against Dubrovsk. I just don't think he's a six million dollars player. No. Uh, I mean, and by the way, by the out. way, I love I love people on Twitter. In the tweet that I when I tweeted out the article, I said uh, I said, you know, six million is a bit much. Now, what I meant by that, and maybe this is my fault because it's text. What I meant was it's not anywhere close. And if you read the article, I literally state what I think he should make in the last paragraph. You can pull it, and there are people replying. What are you talking about? Six million dollars? Are you serious? <laughs> what? Like, read the article. Read, read the article. That's the problem with Twitter. People just read the headlines. They don't read the, the, the text. But whatever. Point is, I like Jake DeBrusk. I just don't think he's a $6 million a year player yet. Uh, so, he ended the year with Charlie Coyle in that game against the Flyers back in March, which now feels like 30 years ago, but was actually four months ago. Um, so, I think, this kind of, that kind of hits at a bigger question, which is how liberal is Cassie with his lines in, in this very condensed training camp and round Robin, is he going to be mixing and, you know, is he going to be mixing I, guys around? What's he going to do with Jake Dabrowski?
1: I think initially he is going to be very liberal because uh, I think he, a, he wants to find answers as quickly as possible. And B uh, one thing that, uh, Bruce Cassidy has always been known for is he will experiment quickly and pull the plug on something or just mix things up. Uh, if he sees something that's not working right away, he doesn't usually uh, wait a long period of time and stick with something if it's not working or he doesn't like the way it looks um, on the ice. So uh, I think for those two reasons, I think you'll see Bruce Cassidy mix and match a lot early Um not only in the, in the preseason games and the scrimmages leading up to the uh, round robin, uh, but I think in those ran, round robin games, he wants to find out, uh, especially when the bullets are flying for real, that, he, that um, he's got something going into that first round series when the playoffs open.
0: Usually I would agree with you. In this case, I do disagree, and here's why. I don't think he has the time to Be super liberal with his lines. I think he has to be a bit conservative. Now,
1: this sounds even with the scrimmages and even with the
0: round ride. I think, I think he wants to, because here's the thing he is, as you said, he is very antsy with his lines. He'll put out a, a line combo right. for a shift, they don't look good, they're gone, right? You know, he'll sit guys for periods to send messages, and it works and it's great. But I think the this is a little unprecedented, and I think you know. You don't want to put a guy, you don't want to spend, you know, a few days coil and DeBrusque and have them look terrible and go, wait a second, I don't want him to, you know, I want him to gain his chemistry back with Krejci as well. I don't think he has the time to do that. I think he wants to find, you know, four somewhat stable lines, maybe change bits and pieces of it here and there, but I think he's going to want to stay with the same guys, A, to bring back chemistry, and especially with guys like Kasha and Richie who did not spend a lot of time uh, with the team back when they were acquired. I think they were like five or six games at most. Um, and I think Kasha was even less. So to me, I think he wants to try to set some some precedence. Um, and, you know, I think, again, you're going to see him mix lines in practice and stuff here and there. But I think for the most part, I think he's going to want to keep his lines somewhat stable in such an unstable environment. Now, who knows? I mean, Ka- again, history's on your side with this one, man, because Cassidy – Right, I mean, Cassidy had Corrally in the top six uh, when this season, when the regular season ended. So, like, he could totally revert back to that. I just think that's not really a great strategy because then you just kind of lose the
1: stability. I you think is on a checking line. I mean, I think that's oh,
0: point. absolutely, absolutely. is yeah. not going to be in the top six anytime soon. I mean, he no. and and that's a whole other question. That fourth line. I mean, who makes it? Who doesn't? You know, you have pretty much four guys who are. Fourth line material and Wagner, Corrali, Nordstrom, and Par Lindholm. Who do you put there? I mean, that's going to be a big question. I don't really want to spend a lot of time talking about it in this episode, but um, I do wonder with Jake DeBrusque because the numbers favor Krejci. You know, it's his Corsi four, four per sixty is way better with Krejci uh, than he is with Coil. I did the math. I did the, the stats last night. Kudos to me. Um, but <laughs> the, give, give it up for me. Um, but so I do think that. You know, in these times, you're going to want to be stable. I think Craig, you got to put him next to Krejci. I mean, I think that's sort of the way, uh, the only replacement, I think for Debrusque in the top six would be Nick Ritchie, and I'm not a fan of that at all. So don't do that. I think your second line should be Debrusque, Krejci, and Kasha. Um, make it stable. I mean, Traggs, you remember last year, you know, that the, the right side of Krejci, and this has been for a while, but last year, David Backus, Carson Coleman, who you might see an appearance who honestly could crack the lineup. I mean, everyone kind of forgets about him, but he absolutely could. Um, but I, I just I, –
1: to, to me, Dabrowski is Crazy's guy. I am – and you're you're of the belief that Charlie Coyle's the third-line center. He's not moving up to the second line, correct? Oh, correct, correct. I don't want to see Coyle near the, the second line. I, I don't – I mean, I think there was the possibility – of Cassidy taking like the last couple of games of the season to play around or last week or two of the season to play around with that idea. Uh, But I don't think that's the case now. I mean, I think you you definitely want the spine to be strong going into the playoffs.
0: Yes. And I also think, remember last year, the X factor for the Bruins most – T- most times was that third line. I mean, the Coyle Johansson Heinen line. Ironically, Johansson and Heinen are gone, but you know, you, you have Richie, um, you know, you can, you know, maybe a guy like Coleman, Anders Bjork. I mean, these guys can get hot. These, you know, you can put these guys in. Um, everybody forgets about Bjork because he was sitting at the end of the regular season, but he was a, a big part of the team for a long time. Um, but I do think Coyle is meant for that third line. That is a that is a line that you use to exploit the other team's line.
1: And I know you may talk about this um, in podcasts to come, but you know going into the playoffs that everybody, with crowds or no crowds, teams are going to shut down David Posternak. They are going to make it as impossible or as difficult as possible for him to get a rhythm going in the playoffs. And they're going to say the second and third lines, especially the third line, is going to have to beat us.
0: Yes. And that's, and that's sort of what happened last year with the Blues that happened. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure against the Maple Leafs, the Blue Jackets for a bit where that first line was not, the perfection line was not as good as their name is. And I, I, I swear NBC says that one more time. You know, they're going to, you know, they're going to refer to them as the perfection line. Um, but, but I, I do think that, uh, that third line is going to be important. I also do wonder. I also do wonder, on defense, third pairing, I wonder who goes next to Grizzly. And it won't be John Moore. John Moore will not be. Um, if Steven Camper opted out, which smart move on his part. Yeah, I mean, and, and dude, and totally smart honest. move. Like, I mean, you know, your wife and, and, and son have heart defects. I mean, that is a very smart move by him. And, again, Connor Ryan's his best. Like, if you if you're going to criticize these guys for sitting out of this for Cockta tournament. Log off Twitter. Like, get yeah. out of here. And, and Twitter, I don't think has been bad. From what I've heard, Facebook has been much more ruthless, which makes, which is not a surprise to anybody, uh, that Facebook was worse to camper on this, but you shouldn't be. I mean, great, just a respectable decision by him. Um, so the third pairing. So obviously first pairing, you have Char McAvoy. Second pairing, you have Krug Carlo. Third pairing, you have Grizzlick who I think's a pretty stable guy back there. Great pairing. Um, Great puck mover, and you have some options on the right side. You have Jeremy Lazan, who was there at the end of the last regular season and was good, looked great, but for a short period of time. And you have Connor Clifton, who was great in last year's playoffs and has struggled with injury this year. Traggs, your Bruce Cassidy. Who do you pick for
1: that right I side? I guess Lazan, because Lazan showed you more this season, uh, and you have a and you have more to go on. In recent memory, from Lazon, than you do Clifton. Clifton, I think, is a more explosive player um, long term, like going down the road. And he showed you that in the playoffs last year, and he can score. Uh, he's got a scoring touch. But um, I probably would say Lazon. And every time we had a chance to ask Cassidy what he thought of these players, uh, oh, what he thought of Lazon specifically. Um, He had nothing but praise. He praised on Lozano. They really like him. So, I, if I had to guess, probably I'd go with Lozano.
0: I imagine that's probably what they're going to do. But I do think it's it's going to come down to these training camp is going to be so imperative for those guys, those two guys, Um, and it's going to be important. I think in the round robin games, going to be important in the inter squad and the scrimmage and the exhibition games. That these guys uh show their best, and I think Cassidy will pick off of who was the best in this time frame. I do have a tough time overlooking Clifton, though. I do have a tough time not going with him because if you remember last year, he was really solid back there. Some days, someday, someday in a bar in you know Southie, a trivia question will be who scored the first goal for the Bruins in the 2019 Stanley Cup Final, and and no one's going to know it, and then I'm going to pop out of nowhere and go, it was Connor Clifton. So. And it was. I mean, he, I remember it like went off his stomach in it or something off a rush, but he's very explosive. Um, and I have a tough time overlooking him. Um, again, it makes him more prone to mistakes, which Cassidy doesn't really, has not been opposed to in the past. I mean, it's sort of been his whole system where we want the D to be active in the rush. And if they give up a chance on the way back, then so be it. Um, be right. I mean, Lazon was the better defenseman this year. Clifton was not particularly outstanding this year but he was last year and during the playoffs. So I do wonder, um, how, I mean, it's going to be difficult to just kind of overlook all of that for the Bruins. Um, here's another interesting point, And we'll go back to the offense. They will have Providence guys with them mm, right. during training camp. And Cassidy, I believe touched on this when he talked to us, uh, not the last time, but the time before that um, when asked about if a guy doesn't show up in condition if a province guy could take over, I wonder if a guy does not look himself or does not play well in the, in the scrimmages or does not play well in the round robin games, is there any chance that Jack Stanika gets a shot, whether it be on the wing, whether it be on center? I say, hell no.
1: Hell no. I doubt that. I just don't. Yeah, I, I agree with you. My, my sense is no way would they put him into that kind of environment because
0: that's a thing that is a very touchy thing I mean if you remember in recent memory the only Bruin top prospect I can think of that started their career pretty much because Danica had a few games this season but really started their you know full-time career so to speak in the NHL in the playoffs was Charlie McAvoy in 2017 against the Senators now that was out of pure necessity that was every defenseman was just dead like everybody was gone they had john michael Lyles back there they had everybody they they, they were they were dressing darnell the security guard to play defense i mean that, that was how close they were to to uh to you know basically having no defenseman. so that was out of pure necessity and mcavoy was incredible that series but if, if he was not if he really got like torched I mean that could change. That affects his whole career. That could have put his career on a totally different course. I mean, the way he played had us, you know, oh my god, this is Bobby Orr the third. This is Bobby Orr the second. You know, this is Ray Bork the second. Um, but you know, for a guy like Stanika, you know, if you're going to throw him into a third line role to start in the playoffs, you know, I, there's definitely a chance he does well. But I don't think you want to risk that. I don't think you don't really want to I mean, risk,
1: especially especially in this non-conventional environment. Now, you certainly could make the argument, well, there won't be any pressure because there won't be any fans in the stands. He can just go out and play. That's the argument to make for it. I just don't think they're going to – I don't think the Bruins are in a position where they need to push it um, unless they think that he can offer something on the third line that nobody else can and he's a secret weapon. I don't, I'm not going to pretend to sit here and say that I know – That that's what they're thinking. I just think that it would be unlikely for them to put a prospect like that, who's your top prospect, obviously, uh, and enter him into the Stanley Cup final or the Stanley Cup playoffs in this type of uh, situation.
0: Yeah, I just I I think there's no way he plays center. I mean, there's just no chance unless 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 someone gets hurt. If someone got hurt, if Coyle gets hurt or Krejci or Bergeron or someone. Then I think then there's a case to be that made that we need a guy with high offensive upside. You can't have Par Lindholm centering the second or third line. You can't have certain guy. You know, certain guys should not be allowed to go above their pay rate. A pay grade. A guy like Sidnika, I mean, if you really needed it, could go out there and center the second line or the third line. If you if someone was injured. Now they're fine with what they have. They're fine with Bergeron, Krejci, uh, and Cole on the middle. And if there's that, if history's proven anything, it's that Bergeron is not just going to. Not play. I mean, he's going to play through anything. Um, I also have to think, and we've gone 20 minutes without mentioning it, COVID. If someone gets COVID, you do have to wonder if a guy like Stanika is able to step in. Um, or if that's who they're going to pick to step in, whether it be on the wing, whether it be down the middle. So I think that's going to be a whole nother thing. If a guy gets COVID, um, and during training camp, by the way. Because in the bubble, they most likely they're going to be secluded enough that they probably wouldn't, or there wouldn't be any sort of outbreak. Um, but I do wonder if at camp someone gets it because Sweeney basically said on Sunday right. that people are going to get it. I mean, it's just going to happen and it's just, can we limit the outbreak of it? Which is a really scary thing to think of, by the way. They're like, oh yeah, we're just going to get it. I think he, maybe he met the whole NHL. Um, but nonetheless, not uh, exactly amazing, but a guy like Stanique, I do wonder sort of where he fits if he ever fits, um, and what that would sort of be like. I think we got everything. I think we fully previewed training camp. Now we're not going to get into predicting Ron Robin games. That's for a few weeks from now. Because why rush stuff? But I gotta say, Trags, this was a blast.
1: Are you ready? I am. I'm ready for. I'm ready to watch hockey. I I
0: am ready for it to be back. I'm ready to start covering it again, even though it's from home. Like I'm just ready for it to to come back. And I think that's and and like what's so fun. And I was so excited for this episode and I wanted to do it with you because you were probably the person I have the best chemistry with. Cause you, you're on the, you and Connor. Thanks dog. Got you. But so I think that it's, it, what's fun is for the last couple of weeks, it's been, you know, protocols and, yes. you know, guessing games. And now it's here and it hasn't happened yet. I think practice starts at 10, I think. Um But Just to have stuff back and to talk about line combinations again. I've never, I've never thought I would yearn for the day I could talk about line combos again. Um, but here it is. I mean, this is back and I think this is, this is fun. I mean, this is going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot of bumps, a lot of bumps, but I think to just have it back and to be normal again and people for caring about Bruins coverage again. I mean, my God, am I excited for it. Well, um, August
1: 2nd will be here sooner than you, you realize.
0: I know. I know. I mean, this, this summer has felt like forever, but it's also flown. I mean, once July, I, I mean, the mantra is once July 4th hits, the summer's over. Sorry, guys, but it, it's true. I mean, once July 4th hits, the rest of the summer flies by. So August will get here in two seconds. September comes. I mean, I'll be up at school for it, but I'll still, I mean, I wouldn't be at the games. <laughs> I'm not going to be at the games anyway. I'm not going to that bubble. Um, I doubt a lot of people will, by the way. I don't think there's going to be a lot of reporters in that bubble. Um, it's just too expensive and it's not worth it because you're not even, I mean, I don't, I don't even think you're getting contact with players. You might. I don't but think. I can, so. Yeah. I, I think you're just there to watch the games. Um, so I think it's going to be exciting and it's going to be fun and it's going to be different, but, uh, I'm excited for this. And I think you listeners should be, Trags, you should be, right. Evan, I should be. Uh, but Trags, before I let you go, is there anything you'd like to plug?
1: Uh, just Patriots beat, uh, coming up on CLNS Media and that will be, uh, dropping on Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Look
0: forward to that. And that's coming back soon too, which is wild. So they, that's going to overlap with, Bruin's
1: going to overlap with Patriots, right? Yes. Everything's going to overlap given what's going to happen so in weird. four to five weeks. Um, I am curious. Okay. Um, now that you brought that up, I'm curious to see in hockey, And in football especially, where there is physical contact, face-to-face contact. And there is some, obviously, in basketball as well. But especially in hockey and basketball, where you're engaging the other player physically, you can't get away from it. I mean, you're assuming that the other player is COVID-free when when you – go on the ice or go on the field. And I'm curious to see how players handle that. I really am. I'm surprised the NHL hasn't implemented wearing a bubble, like
0: not just a face shield, but like a full face shield with a, basically a cage. It's a face shield. Yeah, That's a bubble. So I'm, I'm very surprised they haven't implemented that to limit like spit. I mean, when you get hit, you're not just like stuff flies out of your mouth. That's how it works. So I do wonder if they implement that. I don't think they will. I doubt it. I think once they kind of can limit an outbreak if one guy gets it, whatever. But I, I don't, I I don't think um, that it will be a huge issue. But I wouldn't be surprised, and especially after goals, like you can't really celebrate, which is, which is weird, by the way, because you're with these guys all the time, anyways. You're in the same locker room. Um, I don't know why you couldn't. I think some teams will say, "Fuck it." We scored a huge goal. We won the game in overtime. We're going to jump on each other. Um, But it'll be weird. I mean, you're seeing right now with the MLB, guys hitting home runs and they're going through and, you know, slapping the air with high fives and, you know, pretending to hit
1: elbows. It's just going to be bizarre. I mean, I think the reaction – I think – I think you know these arenas are going to pump in crowd noise to make it sound like that. They're going to have the horns go off, oh, which sucks. Yeah, but that's did, what the, that's what they're going to do to try to get the players to feel, you know, instill a sense of normalcy in these games. That's what did, they have to do.
0: Did you see the email sent out yesterday by the Rangers? This is all over Twitter. This is all over Twitter. The Rangers sent out an email, and I can't believe it took me this long to address this. Uh they sent an email. It said New York Rangers specific videos that we'd like for you to record. Thirty seconds of you chanting Let's Go Rangers, thirty seconds of you chanting and clapping to Let's Go Rangers, fifteen seconds of you chanting Mika and Breadman and Henrik and Georgie and Igor, which by the way, I think is their three goalies, so I, I don't know how all three goalies are gonna fucking play, but whatever. Um <laughs> <laughs> G- generic videos and reactions that would like for you to record 30 seconds of reacting to a goal being scored for this. So this was the one that I found the most problematic for this, for the first three seconds, you should pretend that you were anticipating the goal and then explode into your celebration. So what that would look like is, so I'm watching the game. I'm going, Oh, Oh, Oh my God. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, man. Yeah. Posture Doc! Woo! I love him! Yeah! Whoa! Whoa! So you're telling people to do that in their fucking family rooms? Are you shitting me? Are
1: you shitting me? Desperate times call for desperate measures, Evan. You know a lot of people listening to this right now are like, why didn't you start the podcast off with this? (laughs) Why didn't you start coming out of the gate with this? That's what they're gonna say. Listen to this. This is the best part of the fucking podcast, Evan.
0: I know. I might edit it to the beginning. This. What's oh.
1: No, don't do that. I, I. What's
0: What's so funny is I can't believe it took me that long to find that. I don't know why it took me that long to think of it. It's because we're doing it so early in the morning. I think is the reason. Because my best ideas come to me at night. Uh, I can't believe I didn't think of that until now, but whatever. But yeah, no, stupid, 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 and I hate it. And it's gonna be so awkward, but it'll be so fun to make fun of. Except you're making fun of normal people. You're making fun. You're not making fun of people who are making a lot of money and like on TV. You're making fun of people who are like just big fans of the team. And we're gonna
1: be fucking ripping these people. I mean, you know oh. where I think that came from? I think that came from taking the NFL draft and what they did to like to the next level. That's what I think. I think yeah, that was horrible. It was well, the bad. Draft was
0: cool, but the reaction, I guess, was very bad.
1: I mean, it was very bad when you had like only two or three fans on the uh, on the master screen, plack whatever you call that. The, the master TV. Screen. Yeah, behind Goodell. Good behind Goodell, and you had only like two or three fans. Then it looks bad.
0: Well, what was I? I would love for fans to do, is be realistic, like with your chance, like do, like, Boo Rask, yell shoot the puck, like they should have a hundred thousand people yelling shoot on a power play when the Bruins decided to just like pass the puck around, and you have like you know, fucking John from Southie up in the balcony yelling shoot the puck, like that's what I want. So. <laughs>
1: So I wondered this. I was at Fenway, and they tried the crowd noise on Friday. What if whoever's running that hits the wrong button? And <laughs> and that was discussed. Like, we can't screw this up, because if you play the – like, if you play the crowd going nuts when, like, um, you know, Mike Stanton hits a home run, hits a grand slam at Fenway, it's going to sound stupid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or like how about how about the guy's like asleep on the board and like Chris Wagner takes a puck square to the teeth, bleeding everywhere, and all of a sudden <laughs> you just hear like loud cheering, like Yeah Yes, yeah And the guy's like Fuck And then you have Chris Wagner like squirming on the ice, teeth everywhere, but the crowd's going nuts.
1: Like <laughs> <laughs> or they're, or they're booing the hell out of them. <laughs> That is going to be, to me, one of the actually significant storylines to follow, how they get these players to feel like they're not playing in an empty building. Because, look, we all know Stanley Cup crowds, if the if the playoffs are a different animal, the Stanley Cup crowds are a different beast. And they yes. are just incredibly intense. They're on – because hockey is so fast-flowing um, and fast-moving as it is, the fans are even that much more in tune with every single shift, every single puck movement, every single action on the ice. And the biggest challenge for the NHL is to replicate that across all teams in all situations in Edmonton and Toronto, and that's going to be – I mean, I think that's the massive challenge of all of this. They bet I'm telling you,
0: they better have booing. They have to. You can't be in oh, a team and do anything and not be no booed. They, will.
1: they I don't think there's any question that they will have to do that. They said that the other day at Fenway that um, even Ron Renickey's like, look, we can't have cheers all the time. If something goes doesn't go our way in a game, we expect there to be crowd noise against us, booing us. Yeah. If, that's very really realistic.
0: If Erod throws 13 straight balls, there better be booing. I'm just saying that. Um, but yes, Trags, I can't believe it, we took this long to get to this. I can't believe you that can't this just came up. That's so annoying. But hey, you know what? It's always good to finish strong, I guess. Uh, but Trags, it's true. Again, it's thank you for joining, uh, as always. And for Seal Us Media, I'm Evan Marinovsky. you Burnsby listeners. Enjoy hockey being back and have a great rest of your week.